0: Welcome to the Cherry Show. We are live here in gorgeous, sunny Seattle. And today is one of those days where I have the honor of interviewing someone who I believe stands on the leading edge of thought. Mary Ann Williamson is an internationally acclaimed spiritual author and lecturer. Mary Ann has been a popular guest on television programs such as Oprah, Larry King Live, Good Morning America. You know who she is. She is the author currently of 12 books Her 13th book will be published next month. She has done many things, even running for office, um, which we thank her so much for wanting to put her spiritual guru energy on the public arena where it really is meant to be. Um, We thank her so much for... uh, taking the time and energy to think of our world and our community in such a global and beautiful way. In 1989, she founded Project Angel Food, a Meals on Wheels program that serves homebound people with AIDS in Los Angeles area. To date, the Project Angel Food has served over 10 million meals. Um, Marianne also co-founded the Peace Alliance and serves on the board of directors for results organizations, working to end the worst ravages of hunger and poverty throughout the world. Welcome to the show, Marianne. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you so much for being with us. So you're going to be venturing to the Sun Valley Wellness Festival um, coming up at the end of the month.
1: I sure am, and I'm real excited about it too.
0: Oh, you're going to love it there. The air is very fresh, and um, the people. Yeah, I
1: did it once before. Oh, you did? Oh, I missed mm-hmm. it. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I'm very A ex- years
1: ago. I don't know when exactly.
0: Oh well, thank you so much for doing it, and we are going to have the privilege of having you there twice. Um, once uh, you're going to be a keynote speaker for the Sun Valley Wellness Festival, and then you're also teaching a workshop, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so your keynote um, address is actually connected to your new book that's coming out next month. Indeed. I've read a little bit about it. Thank you so much for um, sharing some information about it, because I, I know that uh, it's going. It's a perfect topic. Uh, I, I, obviously, your consciousness has been... Uh, above and beyond you know teaching many, many people wonderful insights through many, many years. And so here you are, you know, harnessing this really important information about depression and how we keep ourselves in this state of suffering.
1: Yes, you know the world as it now organizes itself, is in essence depressing. It is depressing because our worldview, the dominant way we look at things and and the the dominant context that that we Uh, view ourselves within, is a basic denial of our spiritual reality. It tells us that we are separate rather than viewing us as one. It posits a dangerous world of scarcity in which we have to compete with each other in often unhealthy ways. It posits a decaying world. It posits a basically hopeless world because it is all based on the idea that all abundance comes from external rather than internal sources. And so it's difficult actually to be comfortable in your skin when you're living in a, within a system, a larger system that denies who you essentially are. Mm. And so on an individual level, we end up feeling extraordinary psychic pain, the cause of which is not actually individual. The co- the deeper cause of which is collective. It's the entire organizational structure both in you know psychologically emotionally as well as materially under which we live so we are now living at a time where we are experiencing this psychic pain many people a kind of epidemic of depression but psychic pain is like physical pain it carries a message and it can't just be suppressed you can't just distract yourself from it you need to address the causal issues if you have a broken leg you can't and you're in pain because of it you can't just take morphine you have to reset the leg and if we want out of the psychic pain that we're in uh collectively so many people feeling today we can't just seek to numb it pharmaceutically or any other way we have to reset the thinking that produces it
0: you know one and of so the
1: so i think that this is a particularly important issue for those of us with a spiritual perspective to weigh in on
0: you know, one of the things um, I love about your work, you've spoken and written on so many subjects that really allow for enlightening and awakening to happen in, in the collective consciousness. And now you're approaching a, a subject that really has kept a majority of Americans or a large percentage of Americans numb and sedated. And... Um, I I think it's timely. I think it's amazing and timely. I think it's going to be a great discussion. And I think, you know, it's going to be fascinating to see those who want to hold on to their prescription and non-prescription devices that are helping them to stay in this so-called place of depression um, while, you know, your words and that will echo out, um, allow them to wake up and maybe allow those things to be silent for a period of time where they reassess who they are.
1: You know, I'm not expressing, nor do I feel, any kind of a blanket condemnation of psychotherapeutic drugs. I think that there are mental illnesses where they're clearly life-saving. Right. My point is that there is a spectrum of normal human suffering. A bitter divorce is painful, but it's not a a mental illness. Uh, Grief over the loss of a loved one is painful, but it's not a mental illness what is happening today is that people are being prescribed antidepressants for situations that are part of the normal course of a human life well-lived. Abilify is the single largest uh, uh, prescription-selling drug, and it is an antipsychotic drug. Mm -hmm. So what's happening is that people are being given antipsychotic drugs Mm -hmm. when what they're experiencing is the normal course of human life. And as you said, this is a kind of numbing effect. I also think it's extremely important for us to realize what is certainly all over the Internet. We just have to open our eyes about it. It's not like this is a secret. It's just unspoken about. And that is that for people mid-20s and younger antidepressants actually increase rather than decrease the incidence of suicide.
0: Wow. Right. So
1: a lot of people take a lot of offense if you have this conversation and they say that people, you know, first of all, they say we're making light of mental illness. No one here is making light of mental illness, but neither should we pathologize normal human suffering. Right. And what's happening is that, The idea that some people need medication or they would be suicidal, I think it's time to have a very serious conversation about the studies that are now questioning this and talking about how, as I said before, particularly in the minds of young people, the use of antidepressants does increase suicidal ideation.
0: Right. Well, because most antidepressants don't actually work very well, and that's why physicians have to layer them with other drugs. And and most likely, the people who do have real diagnosed mental illnesses, it's a very small percentage. It's not the large, you know, percentage of individuals. Exactly. And
1: also, even that diagnosis, you know, a lot of people will say, well, the actual word depression, you know, it's a chemical imbalance. But even that, I think we need to question. There is no blood test for depression. It's a questionnaire. Clinical wow. depression is a questionnaire. Right. And when people talk about how there's a chemical imbalance involved, well, you know, meditation affects brain chemistry as well. Totally. Neurotransmitters, neuro- neurocircuitry. So when you talk about changes in brain chemistry, we can point to prayer and meditation for changes in brain chemistry. You know, another issue here, Maria, is that some people would say, who am I to weigh in on medical issues? I'm not weighing in on medical issues. What I'm challenging is the notion that depression is a medical issue. It's a crisis of the soul, Mm -hmm. you know. It may or may not be, in some cases, a disease of the brain, but it is definitely a crisis of the soul. And the reason I wrote this book is because I have had a career for over 30 years talking to people, dealing with people, counseling with people, and that's not even to mention living my own life, in serious, serious crisis situations. You know, my career began... Uh, with working with a population that was affected by the by AIDS.
0: Right. You know, so, your, your beautiful angel food program that... You, well, thank you. Yeah, it's beautiful. And so, you
1: know, I always say people don't come to me because things are going well. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, I know what I'm talking about in terms of being up close right. and suffering, uh, uh, up close and personal with human suffering. But what has happened over the last few decades, not few decades, the last few years, is that I meet people, particularly young people, particularly young women, and this is why I felt so strongly about r- writing this book, who are going through, first of all, can we just talk about the fact they're going through their 20s? The 20s are hard. It's a difficult decade. My 20s were awful. Whose aren't? You have to find yourself. There are many challenges becoming a grown-up, but it's not a mental illness. And I have met so many young women who have been described antidepressants, and not only when, when their stories are such that I hear them and I go, you're just, you're given a, Medication because of that,
0: mm-hmm. and right. even
1: worse than that, Marie, how many times they've been told to expect to be on the medication forever. For the rest
0: of I know, life. which you know, antidepressants were originally created for short-term use to get over exactly. right challenging exactly. times. I have clients who've been on you know medication for decades that, and it's not working. And who knows what else it's doing to their body or how it's affecting their immune system. Um, and
1: I want to say here, I think it's important. For anybody listening, I'm not. I'm sure you're not. Also saying that anybody who's been on any prescription for a long time should just go throw
0: Absolutely. it in the waste basket, right? Because Absolutely. how you get
1: off things, you know, that itself right. is, it must be under the advice of, you know, um,
0: professionals. You know, that, you Absolutely, just, yeah. You know,
1: just get off. Right. Um, I love, Yes, please go on. I didn't mean to. Oh no,
0: I think that was a great point to make. I think that's very important that, you know, that people do need to have the advice of their physicians or their naturopathic doctor or whomever they're seeing to make sure that when they're removing chemicals from their body, they're doing it in the healthiest, healthiest and safest way possible. No, I think that's awesome. I love the title of your book, tears to triumph, the spiritual journey from suffering to enlightenment. Um, how excited were you about writing this book? I, I ran for Congress in two I know. I love your love for politics. And I'm oh, hoping, thank thank really, oh. I, I, what a gallant effort. And I'm hoping that if the consciousness of the human race, can, as it will continue, but if it starts to emerge again in some lovely fashion that you would reconsider and find another beautiful political space well, if you I, want I to. Thank you
1: very much. But I don't see that happening <laughs> right
0: now, actually. But
1: what happened for me was that when the election was over, I was being interviewed by Maria Shriver for her website, mm-hmm. and she asked me after I had lost the election. She said, "Are you sad?" And I said, "No." And she said, "You're not a little bit sad?" And I said, "No. You know, you don't go into a situation like this knowing you're going to win. Somebody's going to win. Somebody's going to lose." And I could see the positive of it and blah, blah, blah. And she said, well, I had a cousin who ran and didn't win, and he was really depressed for a long time. You're not even a little sad. And I said, no, I just didn't feel it. Well, about two days later, Mm -hmm. I was sitting in my apartment, and a huge, I felt a huge black wave coming towards me. Wow. And I knew exactly what it was. And I had clearly been in shock, you know, and I had been, I had been in that place, that dark, dark place that began that day, um, once before in my life. Wow. And um, I wanted, and I wanted, and I went through that with all the spiritual tools at my command, and it, it lasted for 30 days, something profoundly intense. For three months, still intense, no sleep, um, and really a very deep thing. But then after about three months, I began to feel life would continue. And then it took another, after that first six months, another six months before really I had moved through this. So I wrote this book from a place of wanting to share what I saw is the spiritual significance of a period of depression mm-hmm. and the, the spiritual tools that I feel take us back to happiness. Mm-hmm. So excited about writing it, I wouldn't say, <laughs> but but really from my heart wanting to write it because I, I know the pain of deep, deep sadness and, and depression, and I that's where I was writing it from.
0: I love that Maria Shriver was a catalyst, you know, especially with her history of being in the political arena in in her family. She knew what you could or most likely would be feeling and didn't let you off the Mm -hmm. hook, which I Mm -hmm. think was amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, your consciousness, your souls were having a a beautiful conversation and your super being awareness um, that brought you to this place that i 'm sure the grief affected many areas of your life that i 'm sure it was very healthy for you you know in the well, end you're
1: absolutely correct, you know ultimately very healthy mm-hmm. um, because you know a lot of the things that we you know sometimes people say, well, somebody needs to be on medication because they're crying all the time and they and they're not sleeping. The way I feel is if you have 45 tears to cry, crying 17 is not enough. <laughs> and sometimes when we don't sleep and we don't eat, it's, it's even those sleepless nights. I remember a period during that time that lasted for months. Sleep didn't even occur to me I could sleep. I, I just wasn't going to sleep. And the answer was not to take sleeping pills either. Right. The answer was to have to face the demons that were coming out at night that you couldn't chew away at night. Now, I don't say this glibly because I have a life.
0: Right, a busy I one. Have to g- a busy life. You have a busy life.
1: Well, yes, but, <laughs> but I did. But I don't have a nine to five hmm. where I must get up the next morning and get to work at eight o'clock. No, so I don't say this glibly. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not saying people should just be okay with sleepless nights. But if their life can accommodate a period of deep depression, I think the point is that grief, that the psyche has an immune system just like the physical body does. Mm. If you're in a car accident and your body is very bruised, you simply know that you are going to have to be very gentle with your body for a while because it's bruised and it needs time to heal. And I think the same is true with grief and sadness. And what what we do in our society today is we throw a pink, yellow, you know, a, a yellow, you know, happy face on everything. Be happy, be happy. You know, ridiculous things like, you know, your mother died two months ago. Aren't you over it yet? Right. Whereas there were times when there was much more on this, on, on the, you know, on this planet where people had much more of a sensitivity and much more, permission given to people who were going through difficult times. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the problem. We need to make room for our sadness. Mm. We need to not squander these hours. They are part of a season of life. A period of deep sadness is one of the seasons of life. Mm. And we need to honor it. And that's what I wanted to talk about in this book. Where do you put sadness? Where, where do you put it in, in, in your life? Where, what's the context for sadness? And where do you fit within that? And then you and then you start paving the road to happiness, because the hope is that you will be a better person because of this. Mm. Life will be better for your having gone through this, because some of the things we see during those dark nights of the soul are deep things about ourselves. You know, when I ran for office and lost, you know, I had a lot of forgiveness to do of myself <laughs> and of others, a lot of things to look at in terms of my own mistakes and some of it is not fun, mm-hmm. but on the other side of it, you you must do this work because if you don't, on the other side of grief, you are bitter, or you are negative, or you are cynical, or you are angry. And the point is, for your grief and your sadness and depression to be times that actually open to a better life on the other side of it.
0: I I agree completely. It's a
1: fever of the soul, right? And it, and it, you, you need to burn through it sometimes.
0: I loved your analogy about if you get in a car accident, you have a bruise or your neck hurts. Yeah. You have these physical signs that remind you, oh yeah, I got in a car accident. I need to, I need to rest. I need to take, you know, I need to go to the doctor. But with depression, it, you know, luckily because of your consciousness, you were able to articulate and observe objectively that dark wave that came over you after the election um, scenario. What are some of the pointers that? you know, our listening audience could use about how can they identify their sadness if that's something that's challenging for them?
1: Well, first of all, to identify the sadness is not difficult because you you know if you're sad. Mm. So I think the main point is to know that it's not bad to be sad. You know, even the happiest life, until we're enlightened masters, even the happiest life has sad days. We don't win in worldly terms all the time. Mm -hmm. Heartache happens. Relationships don't work out people die we lose our jobs economic stress uh, you know we can't we can't live from a place of I will only be happy if circumstances are a certain way so you develop a musculature for happiness and if you if you develop that musculature which really amounts to a deep decision to be happy then when you're not you still have the musculature that will help you get back there
2: mm. you know
1: one of the things i talk about in the in the book I talk about Buddha, I talk mm-hmm. about Moses, and I talk about Jesus.
0: Yeah, I love and it. how
1: the foundational stories in all three cases, suffering is at the core. Buddha's enlightened path to enlightenment began when he saw suffering for the first time, suffering, age, and disease. Moses spoke to, the, to the, his whole mission had to do with delivering the Jews, delivering the Israelites from their suffering as slaves in Egypt and to lead them through a period of great suffering when they wandered in the desert. And, of course, Jesus, his suffering on the cross, is, is the core of the message. The point is that in all three cases, that's just the first half of the story. So Mo, Buddha saw suffering. That led him to a search for enlightenment, which culminated with his enlightenment and transcendence of suffering under the Bodhi tree. Moses led people out of suffering through suffering to the promised land. And Jesus, of course, his suffering on the cross was followed by the resurrection. So the great religious stories are coded messages that tell us where suffering comes from, what suffering means, and how to transcend it through the power of God, through the love of God, and through the expression of God's love, infinite compassion, being the people he would have us be. And that's what we can do during times of deep suffering. And it's painful to take a deep look. Where was I off? Where do I need to forgive myself? Where do I need to forgive others? What can I learn from this? You know, sometimes the pain of a depressed period is the things we don't want to look at in ourselves. Right. Even if someone died and our pain is, you know, um, you know, I remember when my sister died.
0: Oh, I'm very sorry, by the way.
1: Thank you. And she was a young woman. She was 44. Wow. And I remember at the time feeling that my deepest grief in terms of my own experience of her death was not that I hadn't known her longer, but that I hadn't known her better. Wow. That I hadn't gone more deeply. I remember at my sister's deathbed, my brother and I were sitting with her. It was like a couple of days before she died. Wow. And I had this overwhelming realization that my brother and my sister and I had been siblings and that we hadn't sucked the juice out of that experience. Wow. And I I remember, and I thought at that moment, you know, if if I had said to my sister, if I called my sister, uh... Three years before, and said, "Why don't you and Peter and I go to dinner?" She would go, "Why? I have kids, Mary, and I have time to go to dinner with you guys." Do you know what I'm saying? And right. We were all busy. We were we had kids. We were living our lives. And at her death, I realized what were we we missed out. We missed out. You know, we're taught in this world to, you know, go for the job, go for the money, go for the whatever. But so much that's right in front of us, mm-hmm. and sometimes you don't realize it and appreciate it till it's gone. And I remember. My, I'm, I'm crying, I'm overwhelmed by this, I say it. My brother nodded his head, he clearly got what I was saying. And my sister, she was in that, I call it a Buddha state. I've seen it around other people before their deaths, too. My parents didn't have it, not everybody has it. My sister had it, though, where something happens like the few days before death, and it's like they have a halo, a light, yeah. and they get into this really transcendent state. Yeah, it's amazing. And I remember she said, it's okay, because Aww. we have it now.
0: Oh. In Aww. that 30 minutes sitting there. The consciousness, but she
1: didn't say it sadly. She said it very matter-of-factly. We're there now.
0: I think the consciousness that can come through during the time of death for some people is so profound, and can Absolutely. really alleviate some of the suffering that we're we're having at that time. It can bring us into a higher state of consciousness. Um, Marianne, I just, I want to thank you so much for taking time to speak with us today. And again, to remind people you will be at the Sun Valley Wellness Festival and your first um, talk is on Sunday, Spirituality and Sadness, to talk about this beautiful book that's coming out next month, Tears to Triumph, the Spiritual Journey from Suffering to Enlightenment. Thank you so much for your 13th book, I believe it will be. Thank
1: you. And I also want to say I'm doing a A workshop workshop on on Monday.
0: Yeah, on relationships.
1: well, is it on relationships or on, on the subject of living a miracle? Really, it's all the same thing. <laughs> living a miracle-minded existence. And oh, where lovely. Where relationships fit into this and uh, based on A Course in Miracles. Of right.
0: Course. I love The um, Course in Miracles. I love how you weave it into all of your information and, and let all the spiritual teachings in from you know the world to come forward. And I, I just want to thank you so much for taking your time out today and spend time with us. I'm before you you get very busy in New York. Oh thank you. Thank you. And hopefully I'll see you in Sun Valley. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. Bye bye. And we will take a break here on Marie Menu Cherry Show. We'll be right back.
3: Hey, Seattle, sidekick and cosmic coach Dougal Frazier will be here soon. Join Dougal on May 13th at the East West Bookshop for a night of readings, insight, and so much more. Dougal will also host a workshop the following day guiding you in the power of manifesting. You don't want to miss these powerful events. Dougal will guide you in following your own intuition and living the life of your dreams. For more information, go to eastwestbookshop.com. That's eastwestbookshop.com.
0: Need to trip into a new reality? Come with me to Spain this September 18th through the 23rd and ignite your connection to spirit. For more information, visit energyintuitive.com. Are you interested in creating a mystical career? or deepening the development of the one that you have already created, then please join me August 12th through the 14th of this year for the Mystic Career Development Program. This class is inspired by my very successful mentoring program. During this two and a half day workshop, you will also experience yoga as I believe the movement at the same time of learning new consciousness helps it to move deeper into your cells. I will use my advanced intuitive abilities to help participants identify their own natural gifts and talents. Please join me August 12th through the 14th as we develop your beautiful mystical career. For more information, go to energyintuitive.com.
1: Don't be fooled by cheap imitations. There's only one alternative talk, 1150 a.m.
0: Great. And welcome back to the Marie Manu Show. We're just, again, blessed that Marianne Williamson was able to take time out of her busy schedule and um, let us interview her prior to her lovely time in Sun Valley, Idaho, which I will be there as well. I will be teaching a workshop on Friday, May 27th, on the power of vibration. Um, it's We're in a really great transformational place here on the earth realm where you can truly create and manifest what you really want in your life. However, you do need to have your molecular energy vibrating in the same sort of frequency with the things that you want. And so working on the vibration, the power of your frequency is extremely important. So I'm doing a workshop on that Friday, and then I'm giving a talk on anatomy and physiology for energy medicine on Saturday in Sun Valley, Idaho. Gorgeous place if you've never been there before. There's three keynote speakers. Uh, The main keynote speaker is Jewel. She'll be there. Yeah. Artist, Friday.
3: musician, producer. Yeah. I,
0: I guess she has like an incredible story.
3: She does, actually. Uh, she's from near my hometown in really? Alaska to begin with. Yeah, from Homer, Alaska. Her That's right. Her, you yeah, mentioned
0: that once before. Otts yeah. Kilcher
3: was her father and who's a you know still a musician too and traveling. Oh, wow. Uh, so it was good to interview actually him on the Dr. Pat Show who is still on. Oh, wow. On, that was about uh, eight years ago. Wow. Great interview. Um, and wow. it was cool to touch base and funny. Uh, a few years even after that, she came back by the studios and did a, a release for her, one of her uh, latest CDs. Wow. And I met her in the hallway. and I'm like, hey, it's just a pleasure to meet you real fast. I'm from Soldotna, which is originally in Alaska. And um, she's from Homer, so just – and she's like – she actually stopped and was like, wow, that's Small World. I'm like, yeah, just two little towns, you know, little fishing towns, you know. Wow. So,
0: oh, that's lovely. I well, to meet I- Jewel. Yeah, good kind of job. I was a good I really job. was a little starstruck. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm hoping, I mean, I will be at the keynote address. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking about going to Sun Valley, you might want to book your tickets now. Um, this conference does sell out. It's very well um, attended, um, which is wonderful. I think this is their 20-something year um, and doing the wellness festival so I hope to see you there it'll be a lot of fun and of course Marin Williamson is another keynote speaker in the event so it's going to be quite exciting I am taking your calls of the second half hour of the show and so Benny who do we have on the phone line?
3: sure we'll start things off we'll take uh, let me pull up my screen here sorry about that Mary from Virginia sorry Great. about that Mary you've been waiting so patiently yeah
0: thank you for waiting Mary what can I do for you yes and thank you ahead of time too for um, talking with me so
2: back last June um, at the Omega Institute in New York um, oh, yeah, you, you were in New
0: York, yes.
2: I, I was a beautiful area. Oh, and, thank um, you. You knew that I was a nurse, and you knew that I was trying to get health care to focus more on just um, helping out somebody physically, but mm. also at the same time to deal with their emotional and their spiritual um, mm. pain what was going on around um, whatever, why they were in the hospital or whatever. Mm. And what you said to me, if I um, interpreted you correctly, was <laughs> that, you know, was that, um, I wouldn't uh, see these changes in my lifetime. And mm. then you said, um, you asked if there was anything else that I um, could do besides nursing. Yeah. And that was kind of the end of our conversation. Ah. And so I've been thinking about it since then and um, thinking, well, why don't I just try to talk to you? <laughs> and see what, see what, you know, if you could expound on that anymore. And I don't know, if, over, if an overall reading could do that to um, anything, I'd be grateful
0: Sure, Mary. So I'm just going to kind of paraphrase because we lost you a couple points that kind of broke up a few times. And I, I'm thinking I can remember this conversation. Surprisingly, I don't remember a lot. When I'm reading someone, it's almost like I'm, I'm there highly present. And then I'm in a different place after that. So uh I think a lot of changes that you want to bring into healthcare, the reason why I said it won't happen in your lifetime, because healthcare moves kind of slowly. And um, so I asked you if there was something else that you were interested in, probably the reason why the conversation didn't go further, because maybe you didn't recognize or don't know what else you're interested in. Is that still the case? Um, yeah, maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever thought of working out on your own? I mean, I think nursing's a noble and amazing profession. I still miss many aspects of nursing. I'd, if we had some IV catheters, I'd practice on uh, Benny today. I'd oh, do, great! Thanks. Put, put an IV in, run some. <laughs> no, I would totally like lactate <laughs> ringers and just see how his veins are perfusing. I think that would be really fun. I, I love doing stuff like that. But Benny, I haven't put an IV in for like a, two decades. So. I still trust you. Well, oh, that's very kind. Thank You're you. Welcome. That's very kind. So, how about doing something outside of still doing what? It, nursing let's say but from more of you like this consciousness and this awareness place and if if the hospital environment isn't going to provide a platform for you to do the work that you love to do could you take that work out into the you know out of the hospital life and do it that way have you thought about that
2: um i have a, a girlfriend of mine who's a family practice doc she and i both mm. after somebody died um help wash the person's body uh uh-huh. and um did a ceremony to uh, sort of to help with family members and thought again just the sacred time this is and how in our society today today we don't really um, do anything like that it's so cold after somebody dies and again looking at people's spiritual and emotional um, the situation where they're at not just the physical part so anyway
0: and does um, it bring you joy Mary when you when you think about you know helping people from this more spiritual perspective? Because I know you love spirituality; it's very important for you, and you bring it with you no matter what you do, anyway. You know, regardless of the circumstances, which is fabulous. But does it bring you joy? Do you feel ah when
4: you? You know
2: what? It does bring me joy, and yeah. when I mention it to patients, um, yeah. that that um, they're you say things like, "They're you know, yes, this is important to them," and yeah. Um,
0: so anyway. he, so here's what I think you need. To, here would be my suggestion: you need to work on the fear that you have about stepping out and your own independence, in your own magnificence, and allowing yourself to work in the authentic awareness of who you are. You need to work on that fear piece. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm going to make a suggestion. This comes from Marilyn Genet. Um She wrote a fabulous book, Feel Free to Prosper. I interviewed her. It's on the podcast. So you can always go through the podcast and find that interview. But here's one of the tricks from her book, which I use regularly. And I highly recommend when like someone like yourself who wants to – pursue something, although a big piece of it is your fear of magnificence, but then also your mind can't figure out how you would make money and take care of yourself. And, yeah. and we don't want to listen to the mind because the mind it, it, humans misuse their brain. And there's nothing wrong with our brains. They're beautiful, but the way we utilize them doesn't really allow us to attract and fulfill our life effectively, in my opinion. So as you're falling asleep at night, I want you to repeat two words. The words are wealth, success. You can say it out loud or silently And then as you're waking up in the morning, I want you to do the very same thing until your feet hit the ground. And I want you to do this for months, like maybe up to four months, because those two words will actually start to move into the the subconscious, and then that will start to affect your consciousness. And that will help to eradicate any fear that you have about your ability to create a livelihood doing what you love. Okay? Okay. Okay. Thank you. And Thanks thanks for calling in. And I'm... I'm, Um. I'm thrilled thank that you, you were so you were in Omega. That was great. Thank you so much for checking back in. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Mary.
3: 877-825-8828 is the number. 877-825-8828. We'll take now John calling in from Portland. So, John, welcome to the show. Hi.
0: Hi, John. How are
4: you? I'm well. Thank you for taking my call.
0: Of course. What can I do for you?
4: Well, I'm kind of at a crossroads in my what intuition I think I have. I feel like my chakras are kind of off, and um, I've been doing uh, my career for 25 years now, and I feel like I'm. I just don't know if I want to continue doing what I'm doing and mm-hmm. pursue something else, or or uh, I just need a little direction. I a guess. little
0: direction, well, I-
4: and. Uh, chakra and chakra
0: stuff yeah Yeah. (laughs) Uh Yeah. well i do think if you're if you're questioning your career then yeah your being is speaking to you it's curious it's wondering is this it is this all we're going to experience work-wise what i find so interesting in the american culture the fact that we spend so much time at work and yet we don't really most people don't really look at it and evaluate Am, am i having fun is this good for me this is something i do all the time once you've once you've had that delicious, oh my gosh, I love what I'm doing, you want to maintain that kind of experience and that relationship. And, and that's why people who've had that experience will constantly or regularly check in to make sure, am I still having a blast? Is there something that I, I need to move out? Is there something I need to bring in? Am, am I working too much? Do I need more time off? Because that sweet feeling is so <laughs> incredibly delicious. Um, so I think the answer is that, yeah, you do want something else. That's how I feel. And you run your energy kind of low, at least for during our conversation, you're running your energy kind of low. And typically when people get close to me or um, they're about to listen to my voice, their energy actually heightens somewhat um, because my molecule energy kind of allows for that. So I would say you run your energy low um, even when you're even beside this conversation. So what do you do to get your your. Molecular energy vibrating at a high frequency so that you can identify more of those things that would bring happiness to you or even get clarity about what is not bringing happiness to you.
4: Right. Yeah. That's that's really intuitive. I hope I'm not bringing you down. Oh, gosh,
0: Uh, no. And, 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 you know, your comment just really gave me an insight to how kind you are and considerate. Perhaps worrying too much about other people, everyone's responsible for their own energy system. I appreciate the comment by the way, but just it lets me know that how your concern might be going outward more in your life than internally so so mm-hmm. what do you do to help your energy run at a high frequency?
4: Well, actually, I am on a vacation just on my own uh, mm. I'm going to I just flew into Phoenix last night and I'm going up to Sedona oh nice uh, to kind of get some uh, Revitalization, I Great. guess. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of taking a break from things and and uh, trying to find out how to get my my groove back. I guess. Yeah. So,
0: I like that. Kind of like the movie how uh, Stella got her groove back. I love it. Yeah. yeah so right. so when you're out hiking in the Arizona desert, you know, hanging out in beautiful Sedona, I, I want you to focus on anything. I want you to really be mindful of anything that kind of jumps your energy it's almost like you know when a car battery's been dead for a while and then we put the cables on it and it starts to hum and then it 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 ignites you know the engine turns on i want you to pay attention every time you can feel a fluctuation in your own energy system which may start kind of visual for you you may maybe see some form of nature or a beautiful animal or you know a beautiful um stream and you might feel happy about it or feel inspired I want you to pay attention to all of those moments and every time one of those happens I want you to let it get bigger like stay in that moment as much as you can you know like five minutes or longer so that you can start to calibrate your energy system because your energy system needs to be reminded of what happiness feels like and what joy feels like and do you know what I mean I do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just, just a quick overview on your chakras. You have some leaking going on from the crown, the throat and the root. So when you're in Sedona, um, please do your very best to ground very deeply into that area and, uh, and allow the energy to come up through the root chakra into your body. It'll start stimulating things very quickly for you and and very rapidly. Um, I think this is going to be a great trip. I I think it was a great idea too.
4: Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for your time.
0: You're welcome. Have a beautiful vacation. Thank you. You're thank you. welcome. Thanks, John, very much for the call. Yeah, lovely. And so who do we have next?
3: Yeah, uh, 877-825-8828 is the number. 877-825-8828 if you'd like a reading with Marie. So we'll take Cameron now calling in from Seattle. Hi, Cameron. What's up?
0: Hi. How's it going? Good. How are you, Cameron? What can I do for I'm you? I'm good. Uh, I was just looking for a general reading, just that. Uh, Check in about my chakras and how they're doing and anything you could tell me about my guides. Oh, sure. Guides. I love. Yeah. Guides are great. You have a lot of guides right now. So I think your primary group is a number nine. So you have nine guides that are with you all the time that you incarnated with. But right now you have like over 20, like I keep seeing 27. So you have a lot of guides around you right now, which means that things are actually happening quite significantly in your life. And that's why they're there to add extra support. The interesting thing is, though, that and you can disagree with anything I say, by the way, Cameron, is that you tend to be um, hard on yourself and you don't give yourself a lot of accolades, especially when you even when you have a great accomplishment. And so a a lot of times you don't notice how rapidly you're changing or how good things are becoming or that there has been a significant shift. You don't recognize it, and do you think that's true for you as I'm speaking about this? Yes, yeah, okay, totally. yeah. so, <laughs> making me cry oh, yeah. <laughs> so you need to knock that off <laughs> I want you to, okay. so so here's how you're going to practice this, even the things that you think are little and have absolutely no significance in your life from your perspective, which is of course not true. everything is valuable. I want you to celebrate it and and I want you to do it intentionally, maybe you'll go get yourself a special iced tea. You know, in the midday, I'm going to go give myself a special treat because I have grown so much and I'm learning so much and I'm really grateful for the courage that I have. Or maybe you'll go get some gelato or get a massage, go for a long walk. I want you to intentionally put meaning to these celebrations that you're going to start to do in your life to honor you because that actually helps human beings recognize more of their super intelligence or their God consciousness, because creation is applauding and hugging and celebrating everyone all the time. So that's what I would love for you to do. Okay. Okay. I will. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a great day. Thanks for calling in.
3: Short and sweet. Yeah, right there. I way love it that.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Should we do one more before we take another break? Okay, we can do that. Right. Well, let's travel
3: ooh, to lovely oh, Honolulu, Hawaii. Honolulu. Yeah, I feel about, really good about that one. <laughs> Maria, hello. Welcome to the show. Oh,
0: good morning, Marie. Good morning, Maria. You're welcome. I love Honolulu, by the way. That is definitely one of my favorite islands. So how long have you lived there? I've lived there for about 25 years. Oh, you lucky duck. You know what I loved about Honolulu the most? I was there for the holidays. I've been on, on I think, the rest of the Hawaiian Islands, maybe not the teeny tiny ones, but the main ones, um, is that there's a nightlife on Honolulu. Mm. So you can literally that's, go that's... shopping at 10 o'clock at night if you want to. You can go out to dinner at 11. You can, and it's so beautiful in the evening. You can just, oh, yeah. So anyway, I'm a fan of your island. What can oh, I do for you, you today? You're welcome.
2: Um, I'm just a bit concerned about my ultrasound results oh. when uh, the doctor noticed some water in my pelvic, pelvic region. Uh-huh. So I was wondering what's up with that.
0: Okay. And when did you have the ultrasound?
2: I had it yesterday and in January.
0: Okay. So was there also fluid in January?
2: Yes. Uh-huh. Not okay. a lot, but then they wanted to check. And this time, it doesn't seem like there, there's a tremendous amount. It's just that
0: there still is. Uh-huh. So, did it, increase, in my, did it increase? Did it increase uh, the fluid? They
2: said, yeah, there
0: is a slight increase, but then uh-huh. they didn't
2: really give me the exact, You know,
0: right? Mom. Uh-huh. And, and and have they scheduled any other test?
2: Um, I'm going to call back the doctor today. Yeah. And so, she was thinking about doing a CAT scan. Yeah. Of my, so.
0: yeah. So basically, here's what's happening: you you have some inflammation going on. You have some fluid that you're spacing. It's not where it's supposed to be. This is what's happening. So somehow your body's under stress. And I'm telling you, if they were that worried, you wouldn't have to call back the doctor. They would just... Because they're saying, well, we could do a CT scan. They're not... If they were really concerned, (laughs) they make those appointments right... They're like, okay, so you need to have a CT scan. Can you come back tomorrow or next week? That's what they do. So even the fact that they waited from January until May for the second ultrasound means that they weren't concerned initially. And even though you've had a slight increase of fluid, which we don't want... The reality is they're not, their alarm buttons aren't on, so don't worry, okay? Good. Okay. Okay. And sometimes when people are under a lot of stress or a lot of transformation, I'm seeing actually um, a client of mine who's also been a mentoring student. I'm not going to mention her name, of course, but I know she would, she's just very generous and kind. She works in the healing world, and she had something like this happen to her. She was also in a major transformation, and I bet you have a hard time letting go. Oh, yes.
2: I think you're right about
0: that. I think it's hard for you. I mean, and and I know it's like not something that you necessarily put your thoughts on because you are kind and you are flexible for others. But I think that you also, your kindness, your integrity, you you keep yourself, you know, you, you keep yourself in line regarding that. You don't allow yourself a lot of flexibility or moments to mess up, so to speak. Does that make sense? Um, I have to sit on that. Okay. I want you to sit on that because I think that you, you keep yourself in check and you, you don't, you internally control. I don't think you're an external controller, but I think you're an internal controller. There's a lovely recipe that helps to detoxify the lymphatic system. It's cucumber juice. And I'm going to have you stay on the line, and my assistant, Justine, will get your email address, and we'll send you a copy of this recipe that came from – I unfortunately, I can't remember the woman's name off the top of my head, but she's a wonderful herbalist. I'm hoping she's still alive. Um, and she wrote this beautiful detoxification for lymphatic system. That's going to help your body – First of all, detoxify your lymph nodes and then hopefully allow this fluid to have an area where it can then leave your body. But I, I don't want you to get upset. And what I want you to do instead, I want you to lay hands on the area and I want you like every morning or, and as you're falling asleep at night, notice I'm using these time periods because it's when we can get into our subconscious when we're half kind of sleepy. And I want you to just love the entire area. Even love the fluid. Love changes everything. Okay. Okay. Okay, and then and then if you need to, call back on the show and we'll give you more advice about it.
2: Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for your time, Marie. You're
0: welcome. Have a gorgeous time in your beautiful island of Honolulu. How exciting. You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you. That was lovely. And we'll go ahead and take a break here on the Marie Menu Cherry Show. We'll be right back.
3: In the pristine setting of Sun Valley, Idaho, May 27th through the 30th, the Sun Valley Wellness Festival features the top speakers, visionaries, and practitioners addressing diverse aspects in the fields of mind, body, spirit, and environmental wellness. Featuring keynote speaker Jewel, Marianne Williamson, MC Yogi, and over 30 speakers, including Marie Manducherry. For more information, visit sunvalleywellness.com. That's sunvalleywellness.com.
1: Intuitive.com.
2: On Friday, enjoy Kelly Sullivan Walden, host of Dreams Unzipped. On Saturday, we welcome singer Tony Tennille of Captain and Tennille fame in the first half hour, who talks about her life as half of the famous duo. And in the second half hour, we greet Jenny Martin, who explains what it means to be a conscious capitalist in 2016. In hour number two, medium Mark Anthony returns, and he will be taking your calls. Bringing you fascinating talk since 2007, we are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150.
0: Open your ears, open your heart, open your mind. Alternative Talk,
2: 1150 AM.
0: And welcome back to the Marie cherry Show. We're live here in gorgeous Seattle. And um, all you need to do to find out where I'm teaching is go to energyintuitive.com. And you want to keep an eye on the events page because next year I'm going to be spending some time on the East Coast um, teaching the Mystic Career um, workshops, uh, development workshops. So that should be really, really, really fun. And of course, if you're contemplating Spain, we do have a little bit of room left. Uh, uh, Justine and I are just thrilled um, because she's, of course, coordinating everything, which I so appreciate all the work that she does. Um, We're thrilled that we... We're getting pretty close to being sold out, so we're very thrilled, and if you would love to spend time with us in Spain, this is a great opportunity. It's very affordable to spend an entire week um, in the mountains, in the Sierra Mountains, just outside of Granada, where there's a pool and a sauna, and of course, teaching going on and meditation, and we're going to have yoga. Um, Someone who lives in the area who owns her own yoga studio, she's actually going to be teaching there daily, which will be lovely, and then we're going to have excursions to the beach and hiking, so... Vegetarian food grown um, in the area and on the property. It's going to be really amazing. So if you want to get away and ignite your connection to spirit, September is the time to do it, and we would love to have you. So um, let us know.
3: Yeah, jump on board. It'll be here before you know
0: I know. We're so excited. I know. And then I'm going to be hanging. I'm going to go to Barcelona for a few days afterwards and chill, and then I'm going to fly to London and meet one of my girlfriends. We're going to visit museums and shop and go to Paris and... I'm very excited. The
3: Barcelona trip, just in my head, I know. Just going from like, I just I see and feel bulls. Uh-huh. But I know that's not part of the, the I activities, know you, yeah. but I just see that's you funny. and Justine like just doing your thing running.
0: Yeah. I don't think we're going to be hanging out with the yeah. bulls. Maybe you know, from
3: high atop mountain or over,
0: yeah, over, Maybe over. we'll see one. Who knows? True. That's highly possible. Careful yeah careful on
3: what color you wear.
0: <laughs> okay. We'll stay away from red when we're yeah. out there with the bulls. Exactly. Benny. We will promise. And also
3: my apologies to Maria uh, from Honolulu. Called <laughs> back. I accidentally <laughs> dropped you my apologies. So we'll get you the information. If you yeah. Great. Back. So, I'm sorry about that.
0: Yes,
2: thank you. That's Uh, lovely. Sue from North Idaho. Welcome to the show. Great. Hello. Hi, Sue.
0: How are you? I'm doing pretty well, thank you. Good. Have we met before? Um, I don't believe we have. Okay. Your voice just sounds familiar. So what can I do for you? I have wanted to meet my spiritual guide
2: for a very, very long time. And I've listened to your Mm disc and read your book and... They're just holding
0: out on me. <laughs> so what Sue is talking about is I have a six C D um audiobook on how to communicate with your spirit guides and there's tons of tools in the in that audio book on how to do this. So, Sue, you've worked really hard, obviously, listening to those hours of tapes and, and doing exercises and maybe other things that I'm not aware of that you've utilized, you know, to um to allow this to happen. So it's not your guides. But I love what you're saying, because people will say to me, God, are my guides on vacation? I mean, geez, did they forget that they're (laughs) supposed to be helping me on earth? What happened to them? You know, so really, of course, your guides are there, they're probably yelling at the top of their lungs and showing you huge animated images. But for some reason, you're not allowing yourself to receive the input. So that you know, when you have a computer and there's something going wrong, a lot of people will think it's their computer, but it's usually the connection. Like they need to reboot their computer, and they need to unplug it, let it reset. So you need to reset. Here's what I want you to do, and I want you to close your eyes right now, and I want you to start telling yourself that you're safe, and, and just you can say it silently inside your head. I want you just to repeat, "I am safe. I am safe. I am safe. I am safe." Which because there's some fear factor that you have. It's probably very old, or something you learned in childhood about connecting to the multisensory world. Even though it's it's definitely on your to do list. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I just I just sure. want you to repeat that for a little bit, and because um, I can see your guides around you. That your primary number is seven, which means that you need to work on not thinking. Sevens people who have seven guides typically that's their number because they think too much and in their head too much and they're analyzing and they're processing and they're trying to figure things out instead of trying to figure out how to communicate with your guides, especially since you've already taken the necessary steps to allow that to happen. I want you to start to feel and imagine that this has already happened. This has already uh, happened. Uh-huh. You don't need to figure it out. You don't need to do one more thing about it. You don't need to ask the cosmos again or, you know, meditate at the perfect moment on the perfect day you know what I'm talking about at the perfect place. None of that needs to happen. You need to start to feel that it's already occurred because that's what's going to create that connection for yourself. So every day, maybe twice a day, I want you to close your eyes and repeat silently for two to three minutes. I am safe. I'm safe. I'm safe. And then I want you to hold that feeling that you've already, you know, have allowed yourself to have a relationship with your spirit guides. It's already there. It's already happened and you are thrilled and grateful. And then uh, I want you to Take note how many days it takes before you start to have impressions and audio experiences, auditory um experience. <laughs> I, just, I want you to take notes and let us know how it goes. Okay? Okay. Would that same fear prevent like an out-of-body experience too? Would it prevent an out-of-body experience? <clears throat> yeah, that fear, whatever is that background fear. Do you have out-of-body experiences? No, but I've always wanted to. Oh, yeah. I've- I um, worked on that too, but it's never happened. yeah, the fear is you have a, a very strong fear about mysticism and about allowing yourself to have multisensory experiences, even though it's you want it, but you're something has triggered your emotional body that could be from childhood or previous lifetime where you're not allowing it to happen. Your cells literally lock down and go, we know she wants this, but she's actually scared of this, so we're not going to let it happen. so now we're sending a new message to your cells that's going to take over the old message. So the answer to your question would be yes. Anything multisensory that you want to have is not happening because inside yourselves there's this fear coding going on. And now we want to release that coding so you can have a multisensory experience. Perfect. Okay, great. Thank you. Have a beautiful day in Idaho. Oh, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for
3: calling us. That should do it for me. Oh, I know. We
0: ha- we can't go back to the phone lines because we just don't have enough time. And we are very sorry for that. Um, thank you, everyone. Thank you again to Marianne Williamson so, for having, taking gracious time out of her very busy schedule to talk with us. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the show, calling in. You can go to Facebook, Marie Cherry and um, get information if you want to about events or classes or anything else that you need. Thank you, Benny, too, for all your work. Joyful blessings, everyone. Bye-bye.